Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. This is episode number eight of season eight. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, I hope you guys are hanging in there. The month is almost over. Spring is almost going to get here a couple more weeks, and I can't believe time is moving so quickly in 2023. So why don't we go ahead and dive into today's episode? Now, you guys know it's the last Wednesday of the month, so it's my newsworthy fraud, waste and abuse highlights for the month of February. And of course, I'm going to be spotlighting some of those from the month's criminal and civil enforcement cases that I find newsworthy. And all right, you guys, in my compliance tips and recommendations, I wanted to go over a few new mental health CPT codes. And of course, I'm going to go ahead and round out today's episode with a remarkable quote on creativity by George Lois. And if you guys have checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and our valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help all your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and my compliance recommendations based on my over 12 years of experience in front office, in back end, in coding, and in billing for multi-specialty physicians, in compliance, and in auditing for both PNM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. Today's episode is sponsored by Advanced Coding Services, a leading medical billing and medical coding school in the United States. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned professional, our training equips you with the tools and support you need to advance your career. Our medical billing and coding school meets your needs worldwide online or in person with one-on-one support throughout your training. We are committed to helping our alumni and credentialed medical community in keeping up their certifications by offering various avenues for acquiring your continuing education units. In addition to our Mastering the Business of Medicine retreats offered several times throughout the year in different parts of the country, we now offer memberships. You can conveniently earn your CEUs by attending our exclusive members-only webinars. Since our aim is to nurture and grow the careers of individuals who work in the business of medicine, we call our member area the Apple Orchard. Advanced Coding Services. Educate. Nurture. Inspire. Reaching back with a hand up. So let's get into Newsworthy, the month's fraud, waste, and abuse cases. The month of February saw 31 cases as of the recording of this episode. 
early February saw a $500,000 settlement being reached to resolve allegations that an Illinois medical device manufacturer caused the submittal of false claims to North Carolina Medicaid. The funds from this settlement will return taxpayer funds to the North Carolina Medicaid program. Between January 6th of 2012 and January 29th of 2021, this medical device company allegedly caused the submittal of false or fraudulent claims of its range of motion devices, bypassing North Carolina Medicaid regulations and causing the devices to be improperly claimed as custom fabricated orthotics, while also paying local North Carolina orthotic and prosthetic providers to make the improper claims to North Carolina Medicaid on their behalf. Further details state that the company was unable to directly bill North Carolina Medicaid for its range of motion devices because the company did not meet North Carolina Medicaid requirements and or lacked the credentials necessary to do so. The company then allegedly bypassed those requirements and its inability to bill North Carolina Medicaid directly by entering into arrangements with local North Carolina orthotics and prosthetics providers to bill for the devices on its behalf. The company allegedly directed the local North Carolina orthotics and prosthetics providers to improperly submit claims for their devices as orthotics using L codes under the Healthcare Common Procedure Coding System, known as HCPCS. The government alleged that the devices did not qualify for reimbursement as L-code orthotics under North Carolina Medicaid, and that the devices were not listed as reimbursable devices on the North Carolina Medicaid fee schedule. The company allegedly received an official coding verification from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, that designated one of those devices as an E-code device, not as an L-code device. The government alleged that the, that the company nevertheless continued to use local North Carolina providers to bill its devices as L-code devices. In turn, the company allegedly would pay the local orthotics and prosthetics providers by allowing them to retain a certain amount of the reimbursement. The Federal and North Carolina False Claims Acts authorize the government to recover triple the money falsely obtained, plus substantial civil penalties for each false claim submitted. It should be noted that the civil claims resolved by settlement here are allegations only that there has been no judicial determination or admission of liability and that the company itself denies these allegations. Early February also saw a cardiac monitoring company settling fraudulent billing allegations. This Arizona company has agreed to pay over $670,000 to resolve allegations arising under the False Claims Act that they submitted false claims to federal health care programs relating to remote cardiac monitoring services. The government alleged that between January 1 of 2018 and April 30 of 2021, the company utilized technicians who lacked the required credentials to conduct remote cardiac monitoring readings. The government also alleged that between June 1 of 2018 and August 20 of 2018, the company misrepresented that it performed services in New York State in order to obtain higher reimbursements from Medicare 
for remote cardiac monitoring services. Early February also saw medical equipment suppliers convicted of healthcare fraud. A federal jury convicted two men for allegedly engaging in a scheme to defraud Medicare Advantage and Medicaid managed care plans of over $3.8 million. According to court documents and evidence presented at trial, the two men were connected to a durable medical equipment supply company that was located in the state of New York. One was the owner, while the other was the manager. They billed Medicare Advantage and Medicaid-managed care plans for hundreds of expensive patient support systems that were never provided to patients or caregivers. These support systems included large devices that were designed to assist with lifting immobile patients, as well as patients in nursing homes. They allegedly provided patients with recliner chairs that had a lift seat feature instead. Between December of 2010 and February of 2014, they fraudulently billed Medicare Advantage and Medicaid managed care plans more than $3.8 million and were paid approximately $2.4 million. Mid-February also saw a Florida cardiology practice and 10 physicians who have agreed to pay the United States and the state of Florida $2 million to resolve allegations that they violated the False Claims Act by submitting inflated claims to Medicare and Medicaid and for billing while the physicians were outside the United States. According to the lawsuit and the settlement agreement, these physicians caused this Florida cardiology practice to bill for more intravascular stents than were actually inserted into patients. They caused this Florida cardiology practice to bill for radiofrequency ablations that were not performed by them and in some instances were not performed by a qualifying provider at all. And all 10 physician defendants caused this Florida cardiology practice to bill for procedures and services while they were located outside the United States. According to the complaint, except in limited circumstances, providers cannot bill for services while located outside the United States. According to the settlement agreement, this Florida cardiology practice submitted these false claims for payment to Medicare, Medicaid, TRICARE, and the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program. Of course, there were also many, many of the other usual suspects like even more DME fraud, elder abuse cases, opioid pills galore, prescription drug fraud, kickbacks, bribery schemes, behavioral health fraud, and money laundering. But I wanted to pay particular attention to a case involving an Indiana orthopedic surgeon. Here, the case involves a $700,000 settlement over alleged Medicaid fraud by the orthopedic surgeon. Now, an investigation from the Medicaid Fraud Control Unit, the Mufuku, uncovered abnormalities in charges billed to Medicaid by the facility operated by the orthopedic surgeon. Between January 1 of 2016 and June 1 of 2021, this facility submitted approximately 13,101 claims indicating that medical staff performed spinal manipulation on patients who were under anesthesia. Records, however, showed no associated billing for an anesthesiologist or a hospital or a surgical center 
and that the frequency of billing by the facility was a substantial outlier across all Medicaid providers, all of which raised the question of whether manipulation under anesthesia had been performed at all. All right. So, wow, right? Once again, some key takeaways, I think, for my highlights from this month are again, as always, right, to be mindful of correct coding. Retain certified coding specialists like myself or others who have the tools, who know how to research, who understand regulations, as well as payer policies. Now, I know I've discussed DME codes for these various types of orthotic braces time and time again on this podcast, and all that's required to support their compliant coding and compliant billing. Now, another key takeaway here is to be mindful, right, of the volume of services that you're billing out, right? Look at your own data and analyze it. I'm hinting at that Indiana orthopedic surgeon, right, who submitted over 13,000 claims with that particular set of CPT codes for spinal manipulation under anesthesia. So you've got to look at your own data. And if you're performing those types of services under anesthesia, that's great, right? But you've got to look at those specific spinal manipulation under anesthesia codes in the 20,000 range of CPT codes. Otherwise, you may get caught in the crosshairs, right? Just like that orthopedic surgeon that I discussed in my special focus case. Remember, I do my very best each and every month trying to highlight those cases I find most interesting. I try my best to provide thoughtful insights to providers to be mindful of correct coding and compliant billing practices to avoid joining these very serious, these very public, and often very hefty outcomes. I always believe these types of fraud, waste, and abuse cases are most helpful. So please take a deeper look into these reports and see how they may affect you, your provider, your facility. Start self-auditing your service claims and coordinated documentation to ensure you are meeting compliance. And now, it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. So in today's compliance tip, let's get into a few new codes for mental health in 2023. Remember, modifications to the mental and behavioral health ENM codes include revisions to guidelines and parenthetical notes to better align with similar changes to our largest overhaul of our ENM guidelines earlier in 2021 and the newest revisions in 2023 in other categories. So be mindful that CPT codes 99354 through 99357 have been deleted. The AMA has been all about making these new guidelines and changes in our evaluation and management codes to be as aligned as possible between the various groups of ENM codes. So be sure to take the time to read all that green text in your new 2023 CPT coding manuals. New this year are codes for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, and they were added to the Appendix R for Digital Medicine Services Taxonomy. Now, these new remote therapeutic monitoring codes, those RTM codes, measure therapy adherence as well as therapy response. 
Now, those particular CPT codes that are used for our remote therapeutic monitoring of our cognitive behavioral therapy codes, our CBT codes, include CPT code 98975, which is used to report the setup, as well as patient education on operating any device used for therapeutic data collection. There's also new CPT code 98978, which is for a 30-day supply with scheduled recording and or programmed alert transmission to monitor that cognitive behavioral therapy, that CBT. And then there's also CPT code 98980, which is to report the first 20 minutes of our remote therapeutic monitoring or RTM services, those management services during a calendar month. And then finally, there's also CPT code 98981, which is used to report each additional 20-minute period spent on the remote therapeutic monitoring, that RTM management. Now, it's also important to note that there must be at least one interactive communication with the patient or the caregiver for those two particular CPT codes that I highlighted, 98980, as well as 98981. Another revision is the deletion of Category 3 CPT codes 0702T, as in Tom, as well as 0703T, as in Tom, which had been previously used to report remote therapeutic monitoring of our cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT. Now, instead, like I addressed the importance of our Category 3 codes in last week's trusty tip, there is in fact a brand new Category 3 code to the mental health and behavioral health family of codes, and that is found in our CPT code 0783T, as in Tom, and that is for transcutaneous auricular neurostimulation, a procedure used to help relieve opioid withdrawal symptoms. Again, it's important to start tracking the data when you use this Category 3 code so it can eventually be approved into a fully authorized and validated CPT code or Category 1 code. And finally, I focus Season 8 Spark on creativity. I want this eighth season spark to be filled with our world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for creativity in all we strive to do. So in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from the legendary art director, George Lois. You can be cautious or you can be creative, but there's no such thing as cautious creative. Huge. That's absolutely true, right? I think this is an amazing quote that reminds us that creativity is often messy. Creativity often requires breaking a few rules, pushing those boundaries. I think this quote reminds us that our ability to create and to innovate comes from this place of wanting to transform and disrupt the status quo. I think this quote reminds us that we have to find that creative source within ourselves to execute innovation. I think this quote inspires us to just go for it, to unleash our creativity and our innovative spirit. It is with our creativity, with our innovation, that we can leave our legacy of impact behind. 
I'm happy George Lois's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. All right, you guys. So on my final note today, I hope you're all still staying motivated and positive for your personal as well as your professional lives. Because remember, in 2023, we've got to take better care of our mental health. Every single day has ample time to carve out a little piece just for you. Hopefully, we're not going to make the headlines this year with so many suffering from mental health crises of burnout and stress like we've seen in the very recent years. So I wish you all an amazing and very happy week ahead. Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday. 